my personality also helps me, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I think it is, well, it is what I have now called home for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So there's something in the water that make me stay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it goes to show. Yeah, I mean, like you've been in different markets, like I mentioned, and and you decided to to stay here and and be here for fifteen years, which is a long time. So it it just it speaks to what you're saying, right? And how welcoming people are, and and how it's it's a good place to live at. So. Welcome everyone to the Two Nine Journey Podcast. I'm your host Luis Urbano, and. Before we get started, as usual, if you can give the podcast a follow on the socials, you can find it at the 209 Journey on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, and Instagram. Go ahead and give it a follow. Send me a message if you have any questions, if you have any suggestions for the show, as well as if you have any potential guests that you think should be on the 209 Journey, then please feel free to let me know. really helps me out a lot, especially as uh, I'm out trying to... uh, invite more people to be here on the show to tell their story so thank you so much to everyone who's uh, sent me a message Uh, again really appreciate it so let's go ahead and get started with episode 41 of the 209 journey podcast so on tonight's episode again episode 41 or also season two episode seven crazy that uh, i've already done seven episodes here of the new season but Time has definitely been flying by really quick here in the 209 Journey podcast, and I'm really excited because that just means I am just a few episodes away from that episode 50, which I'll have more details in one of the upcoming episodes so you guys know what to expect for that. I'm really looking forward to getting that recorded here in in the next month or two. So let me go ahead and introduce my guest tonight. She's Alejandra Quesada. She is actually a reporter for Noticias Telemundo, covering the Modesto, Stockton, and Sacramento area. Uh, She's been with them for quite some time and also been with a few other networks. She was originally from Mexico and moved to the 209s. So really looking forward to her story as she made her journey to the 209. So for all those of you listening right now, I'm actually going to say something that I haven't announced yet, but because you're listening to this episode you'll actually be the first to find out that I actually have a Spanish podcast that I am actually starting. And I have actually recorded two episodes already. And the reason why I say it now is because uh, Alejandra Quesada is actually one of those two recordings. (laughs) So I am actually going to be posting that episode sometime next year. I think I'm going to be probably doing a monthly schedule for that one. But for all my Spanish speakers or anyone who knows a little bit Spanish, who wants to listen to that, be on the lookout. I'll be sharing it on the 209 Journey social stories if anyone wants to uh, check it out. But I'll have more details on it next year. So welcome to a 209 Journey, Alejandra. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? Thank you for having me, Luis. Yeah, I'm doing good too. Thank you for being on a podcast of mine again. I know I was just mentioning earlier that the Spanish episode For the new podcast that I'll be doing that people now found out about, it will be posted next year. So I'm excited to uh, share that also with the world, but also for anyone who doesn't speak Spanish to be able to understand. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And it's a process. Don't worry. Things (laughs) take time and we have other things to do. So so I I guess we get it. But the thing is that you're doing it, right? So... (laughs) 
Oh yeah, hey, the thing is, yeah, it's it's already been recorded, and thankfully we don't talk about any time sensitive things, so it's <laughs> it, it's yeah. all it's all good there. But but really excited to talk to you in English here as well, so we can you know hear more of your story. And for anyone who wants to be a reporter, hopefully they can get some inspiration here in the area, and also for people to find out a little bit more about the things that go on here in the two hundred nine, and and more specifically the positive things is what we'll, we'll try to focus more on in this episode. But I want to start off by first, you know, asking you if you could tell me a little bit more about how you came here to the 209. Just what walk me through how you ended up moving to the 209. Well, <clears throat> I've been in this area for about 15 years now, I think. I was I was kind of doing numbers the other day and I was like, oh my God, it's been a long time. So I started my career as a reporter back in Mexico in a border town of Mexicali. I went to Mexicali, the capital of Baja California. So, and it is about an hour and a half or two hours from Tijuana, kind of going inland. So I spent about nine years over there. I, I went to college over there. I started my first job on TV, on Televisa. And after that, I was invited to work in San Diego. It was never really my intention to come to the U.S., but the circumstances and because I was, I had a binational journalism visa, and that allowed me to work in both sides of the, of the of the border. So I took advantage of it, and then yeah, I was invited to work at Univision in San Diego. That's how I came to the U.S., and that was about, I will say, almost twenty years ago. I spent several years in San Diego, then I moved to Pennsylvania, and then I moved to Arizona, and then I ended up here. <laughs> it was it was like a you know being a journalist in this country that that happens a lot in order to find your the town you want to spend the, the rest of your life at you have to kind of like jump around a little bit and we we work by market you have to kind of like have to go up 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 sacramento where is where i belong to it's market 20 i think so yeah, and it's about 180 markets. So you do have to kind of like, you know, go here and there. I didn't really jump because of markets. It was more because of my life, you know. I, I was invited to work in San Diego. And then my ex-husband moved to, we have to move to Pennsylvania because of his job. And then to Arizona because of his job. So, and then I wanted to come back to California. So that's when I started working for working for Univision here in Sacramento. And I was hired as the bureau reporter the bureau it's the person that covers the 209 basically from lodi all the way to merced <laughs> sorry and it's winter right <laughs> and and yeah i was hired to be the bureau reporter and then about i don't know 8 years later i moved to telemundo with a brief stay at a nonprofit called El Concilio. I stayed there for about a year. And actually that helped me a lot in the perspective of the area. Because being a reporter, like we were talking about it a little bit earlier, we tend to focus a lot in the negative or the crime because that is what you know usually we report on, right? But being at a nonprofit I met so many people that are that love the cities, that are working for the cities, 
to better the cities, to better the people that live there. And that was very interesting. That was a perspective I have never seen before. And I really like it. I really, really like it because my office was in Stockton. And back when Stockton had so many homicides and, and you know, all this crime happening. And then I met so many people that were trying to focus on the good only. Mm. And I really like that. I really like that. And and after I left El Concilio, I think I kept that mindset also, right? And that also helped me now in my reporter, in my reporting to look for other kind of stories, right? So but yeah, I, I like I said, I've been never around here for about 15 years. Now I live in Ripon, which is kind of like in the middle of my area. And because I I work as an MMJ, which is a multimedia journalist, that means I'm by myself. So I drive myself, I edit, shoot video, I do everything by myself. So being in the middle, it's kind of like, like a good strategic move <laughs> that mm. way if they send me to Lodi or they send me to Turlock, I'm kind of like in the middle already, right? So... I don't have to be like struggling extra with distances. <laughs> oh, that was good. Was it like intentionally planned that way, or, or you just happen to like find a a good home there? Really, I, 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 I mean, after things didn't work out with my first husband, I met my second husband, and he happened to live here, so it kind of oh. like worked. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that uh, things happen for a reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that that's really good that you were able to uh, get that perspective from being there for that time. And, you know, I think like we were talking offline as well, right? And I've mentioned it a few times here on the podcast. That's one of the reasons why I'm trying to like shine that positive light here of the area through this podcast to show that we have a lot of great people here and lots of good things going on that just don't get as much attention or might get a little bit like, you know, just maybe blocked from all the, the, bad things that might happen here or might be magnified, right? Because I think that sometimes things are uh, magnified, right? To, to a certain extent, when we look at anything bad going on, and it might not be as bad in each person's mind when you're seeing something, it might be reflected as like the whole entire place, right? The whole entire city might be that way. But then when you actually get to talk to people, when you actually get to experience being in the city going to festivals events right that are going on throughout the 209 you see a different perspective right when you see those people that are out there trying to improve the city yeah exactly and and then you start seeing what areas are the ones with certain problems and sometimes you even kind of start understanding the problems a little bit you know you understand what's really going on and why things happen and then yeah the perspective change of you don't see the city as a violent city. You see it with these other little issues that are making it like that. But if we work on those issues, maybe we can work the whole landscape of the city, right? So, so yeah. And, and also, what is really amazing about this area is that it's so connected to other big areas. And we can take so much from there and bring the, whatever is happening over there here. For example, I was just, I was looking at, you know, in Sacramento, they have this, this festival of light every year at Cal Expo. Mm-hmm. It's like a, like really pretty, like a wonderland kind of thing. Right. And now we have it in Stockton. 
So I'm like, oh my God, that's that's so cool, right? That 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 we get to see what's going on in big cities and we can bring them to smaller cities and and do better, right? To better the cities too. So those are the little things that I think it's a big advantage to have the examples so close. We can actually, you know, drive and go and talk to the organizer and be like, hey, I want to do this in my city. <laughs> so yeah, it is, it is, it is pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting to live here. So I want to talk a little bit more about your reporting career and specifically like when, because you said you, you moved around different stations and all that, but when you make the move to Sacramento, when you get assigned, you know, to the 209 to cover the 209, especially in your early days when, you know, you really didn't know what was going on here, didn't really like know too much of the, the valley. Like, what was it like, like your first month or two? of like coming to this area that's like so different than like any of the other <laughs> areas, especially like San Diego and Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think first, coming from San Diego, that was my my California experience, right? Mm-hmm. Coming from San Diego into the Central Valley, I was like, hmm, is this still California? This doesn't <laughs> look like California. I don't see the beach, <laughs> right? When I when I started, you know, like driving around and everything, and also seeing the people that live here that are very hardworking people, right? It's not the typical California image that you have in the on TV, you know. It's not the the blonde with the surfboard and in a jeep. <laughs> it is the hardworking people and. And I really like that. It was it was very authentic. I like that. Also, I think it was a little bit of a chalk the weather because it was, I think I arrived very close to summer. So it was very, very hot. And I, was, I remember I was, oh my God, this is so hot. And it's been getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Mm-hmm. And then in winter, it was so cold. And I was coming from Pennsylvania, so it was not as cold as Pennsylvania, but it was very cold still for California, right? Mm. So I was like, oh, <laughs> what am I doing? I mean, keep in mind, my job is 80% in the street, right? Mm-hmm. So I weather is very important for me in my mind all the time because that means, okay, can I go here? What am I going to wear? Can I stand stand this weather for four, six hours in a row without even being able to go inside for anything, you know? So I learned about a lot about that, you know, a lot, a lot about working in the streets during summer. I think that make me <coughs> not also learn how to do it, but also understand the people that were actually work here in the, in the fields, you know, in the construction sites. That kind of puts me in the same level, right? I'm not saying my job is exactly like them, but I do spend also, you know, six, eight hours in the in the 120 degrees outside, right? 110. So, so it it was it was that was very interesting. The weather for me, it was something that I wasn't expecting. Uh, also, I wasn't expecting that much of agricultural industry because it was my idea of California, right? 
So I only knew San Diego, which is beaches and maybe a couple mountains, but not really, you know, like apples and that's it. Mm. Very like Northern California, like north of Sacramento. But but yeah, it was it was interesting. And also so many Hispanics, right? And so many other cultures too, but so many Hispanics that actually I felt a little bit like at home. So it was not mm. a chunk. Like when I was in Pennsylvania, because I was living in Pittsburgh, and I was one of two people that speak Spanish over there. So everybody was like, oh, what is that? You're Mexican? What is <laughs> And I'm like, ah, I'm going back to California. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was, it was interesting, but, but I like it. I think uh, uh, the Central Valley is, it's, the way I see it is kind of like a cozy place to live, hmm. you know? It's like family. It's like it's warm, not weather-wise, but like people-wise. Hmm. Most of the people are very nice. And I say most because like <laughs> everything else, nothing is 100%. Yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> but most of the people are very friendly and warm. And, and, and I, my personality also helps me right but uh, i think it is well it is what i have now called home for 15 years so there's something in the water and make me stay <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I mean, it goes to show yeah i mean like you've been in different markets like i mentioned and and you decided to to stay here and and be here for 15 years which is a long time so it, it just it speaks to what you're saying right and how welcoming people are and and how it's it's a good place to live at so yeah and and also as a reporter i think that helped help me a lot because it's not a being a reporter you are serving your community right and we when you are truly part of the community it helps a lot you're not just part of the community because you live here you're part of the community because you have your roots already here you're you're putting the roots in here and I think that helps a lot. And I think that is something that people see and people respect and people like about me, right? So I'm very happy about that. It's a big, you know, it's a big job, like everything, like, like every job. But I, I came to understand how important it is my job for our communities and and I think the community recognized that and, and that have helped me in my career too, because I, I know that I am connected. You know, I have so many, like in, in my newsroom, they, they say, sometimes they ask me, what is going on with your comadres? You know, what are we doing today? So, so what, what's happening in the community, right? So we want to know what's happening in the community. What can we do to serve better, to help families, to to bring the the benefits that they need and and that is something i i mean it is very important for me for my career for my personal life too you know to 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 make these connections oh yeah yeah for sure that's a big part of the job well i know you mentioned it briefly on how nowadays nowadays you have to actually like do more for your position right you have to pretty much do do it all essentially right that's the the reporter's like new job from what it used to be but can you tell me more about like how the job has changed in these 15 years that you've been serving the 209 
how how has the job changed in what ways and like how is it different from what it used to be to what it is now aside from of course you also doing the the camera work and editing and all that yeah well i think that's that's a big one right we used to be a team of two because of that i had more time to prepare to make connections to to do all that while my a partner was driving and getting the video and helping me with the interviews. Now, since I have to do everything, I have to be, be very careful with my time because the deadlines didn't change. It's just the, the team shrank, <laughs> but the deadlines didn't, right? So, and and through this 15 years, I, I think I've seen, well difference in the kind of things that happen in the cities i see the ups and downs in some cities you know the central valley is very connected to the national politics too mm. so i think that's something that reflects a lot in in the area and 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 you see it every day but i don't know i think everywhere is it's a constant change you know it is, it is, there's always something going on and there's always, like I was saying at the beginning, there's always people trying to better the cities, trying to do better, trying to, to enhance, trying to make people aware of what's going on, the good that is going on in the cities, that, that makes them very dynamic and, and they're always, always changing, changing. And maybe you don't see the change. I, maybe you drove by the area 10 years ago. You're like, oh, it's exactly the same. But <laughs> not really, because now we have bigger museums and we have a lot of groups doing things and groups of, you know, people because they're Latinos or Asian or because they are philanthropists or because they are, you know, I don't know. It is. It is not the same. It is not the same, but it's, but it's constantly changing. And, and I like that. I really like that. Yeah. No, it's really good. Like you mentioned, right? Things that maybe they were doing in big cities. Now we're doing here, new construction. And, and it's great, right? It's the, the more we can keep people here, the better, right? So we don't have to go too far. And it saves us on gas and travel time. Yes, yeah. Have everything here. That That's still, you know... A thing, right? Like half of the Bali works in the Bay, right? We know that. <laughs> but I think yeah. because of that, I kind of feel like after COVID, that teach us that we didn't really have to be in the Bay Area to do the same job. As long as you have an internet connection, you can do your job from when, wherever you want. So I think that was a big develop, <laughs> development or, you know, like a surprise. Right. Surprise, I can still do my job from my house. And and I think because of that, that will benefit. I know so many people that now are working maybe once or twice a, a week in their offices, but they spend most of the time in their houses and, and that increased the quality of life with their uh, families too. So, I mean, because the Central Valley is not as fast-paced as other areas like the bay area or you know sacramento but but people can can take advantage of that and and get the bay area money <laughs> spend it here. Hey, i'm one of those remote workers too so i know i know what that's like and still working yeah. remotely 
Oh, wow. Um, which is, it's nice. Nice not to have to drive every day. <laughs> I know. Well, I have a question when, and, and this might have maybe changed over time, speaking of changes over these last 15 years, but when it comes to obtaining any, like, reporting that you do, any news that's going on, what is your way of kind of figuring out, like, what's tomorrow's news going to be like? What's, you know, the news going to be like for the next week? Like, how do you also, like, plan for that or, like, figure out what you're going to be doing or the area that you're going to be covering the next day? Like, how does that work? So every day we have a meeting in the morning with our producers and we decide what we're doing. But usually the biggest story of the day is the one that we're going to do, right? But also we have always an eye of what's happening in the communities. So I belong to several groups on Facebook, on Twitter, Twitter, not that much. Well, X, sorry. Not that much, right? Because that's kind of like a, a little bit more like a politics. <laughs> but but yeah, Facebook, you know, in Facebook right now, it's where our viewers are, basically. So so the, the, the mom and dad working families, they're still using that platform. So and they belong to several groups. And, and I, I am friends with so many people in the community. And from there, I get a lot of ideas right, of things that I see happening that may be beneficial for more people to know about it or because this is happening here, maybe if I show it to the whole region, it will not happen in the other area, right, if it's something bad. So, so yeah, several, several ways I get my information. It's the official, you know, the official officials, PIOs and press releases, things like that. And then you have the what people are talking about in the in the community, in the on Facebook and Twitter on, on Instagram. And then a lot of people contacted me, contact me. So because I've been in the area for so long, and a lot of people feel I, I think I am approachable. So people just shoot me a message, you know, hey, this is going on. I will say half of the time, it's not a story, Hmm. but usually I try to help them if I can, right? Sometimes it's, it's, it's just personal stuff. And maybe if I tell them, you know what, this organization may help you. That's how I deal with that. But other times we decide, and, and this is something we decide as a group in the station, that it's a story that we want to pursue. So those are kind of like the, the ways. And also, you know, sometimes there's something national happening and we wanted to see what's going on in our community regarding that. So those, that's another kind of story that we, that we cover a lot. <laughs> Sorry. But, but yeah, it's, it's never the same. It's never the mm-hmm. same. It's, it, you know, sometimes in the morning, I go to this meeting at 9.45. Sometimes it's 9.30. I, I still have no idea what I'm going to do. Mm. Okay? I can never tell you, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be in this city. No. No. Because that can change. That can change. That's why I can never be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in that city. I'm going to stop by and say hi. Mm. 
No, because maybe I'm going to say, oh, yeah, you're in Stockton and I'm in Merced. You know, there's no way I can go by and say hi. <laughs> so, so I never know. Things change every time. Things can change th during the day. If something big happens, we just, you know, drop everything and we have to go somewhere else. And that's our life, right? It is very fast paced. And, but I like it because I don't have homework for tomorrow. You know, <laughs> I don't have to bring yeah. the report for tomorrow or anything. It's just whatever I do today and that's it. Tomorrow it's a new, new day, new notebook, brand new, new. It's, you know, like you, you start over every single day. So, I mean, it is difficult, mm. but, but it is, it is the way we, we work. Yeah, no, I mean, that sounds exciting that you don't know, like, the next day where you're going to go to. You know, it's going to be somewhere in the area for sure. <laughs> They're not going to say. Yeah, you. yeah, I mean, at least it's in Northern California. That's all I know. You're going to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, because we, we work by group. Uh -huh. Some of us, like, in the morning, you're going to Vegas today because we belong to Vegas, right? So, I mean, Vegas belongs to us. So, so. There you go. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, obviously, but yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never know. Yeah, and we, dr <laughs> we drive a lot. We drive a lot every day. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, sometimes you just get tired. Usually, like, what's, like, turnaround time, especially now that you have to do more of the work and editing and submitting the report, like, how, so, what's the time they have to send it by? So usually I have the idea of what I'm doing at 10.15. Right now we have a show at noon. So usually uh, if they pick my story, I will have to present something for noon. That's a regional show now. Usually it's something about a minute or something like that. But we do have, a, have to have at least video or an interview already. So from 10 to 10, 15 to 11, 15, I have to build that, right? And then at noon, we go live. If my story didn't get picked up for the original, then I have about until 2 p.m. max to go to wherever I'm going, gather all the video and all my interviews, shoot my promos, stand-ups, headlines, teasers we call them and then start writing about 3 p.m i have to turn the script and by four ish <laughs> i have to send the story so usually i mean from from 10 15 to 4 30 that's all the time i have to do everything and because at, at five we go we go left from 5 to 6.30. So, yeah, it is. The reality is that I only have about three hours to do everything. The rest is driving, writing, editing, shooting video, you know, all that. But to, especially because it is kind of difficult because they will just give you an idea, right? And then you have to think about who am I going to interview for this, right? find them ask them for the interview sometimes it is people that have been going through something right for example something that people think is very easy like a very easy story 
porch pirate, right? That's something that is happening everywhere right now. You see a lot of posts online and, oh, yeah, they stole my package, blah, blah. But in order for me to do this interview, I have to talk to somebody that had their package stolen, right? If they have video, well, way better. Mm -hmm. I have to talk to an authority, right? Usually police department, if they file a complaint or not, maybe talk to one of the services, maybe USPS or, you know, whatever mailing services. Maybe also talk to the FBI or the police department about the the implications of stealing a package. It depends what kind of package. It depends if it was um, just a package or, or if also had mail in it. Mm -hmm. right? That's different. So in order to look for all these people, I mean, first of all, who am I calling? Okay. Who do I know at the police department? Who do I know at the FBI? Who do I know at the USPS? Who do I know at the UPS? You know, you start thinking, thinking. Okay, and then if you don't know anybody, well, you start looking. Internet is fabulous for that, oh. right? At the same time, you're asking your comadres on Facebook, anybody got their package stolen later, lately? Oh. You know, <laughs> got their package stolen. It is so difficult to find somebody that had their package stolen to talk on an interview, mm. right? It is, I mean, you will think it's so easy, but no, it's not easy, right? And <laughs> you see all the videos. But who's the owner of that video? You have to track the owner of that video and then end up somebody in Missouri. So <laughs> is that for you, right? So it is it is very time consuming and difficult to find the people, right? Other times you just go to an area, let's say somebody say, well, around, I don't know, I'm going to invent. March Lane in, in Stockton, they have been a series of porch pirates incidents okay i go to the area and i start talking with people right i go to the businesses i knock on doors eventually hopefully i'm gonna find somebody but can you imagine how many doors i have to knock on to be able to find somebody that first is willing to talk to me second mm -hmm. have their package stolen so it is very time consuming very time consuming mm -hmm. and but it's exciting, right? So it's always against time, always against time. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, and knock on wood, in my 24 years of experience, I have never been not able to do a story. Um. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is it is always nerve wracking and you're always against time. And, you know, and then somebody's like, oh, yeah, my package got stolen. I know, but I'm. I don't want to be on TV. And you're like, come on, help me! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh yeah, I have the video. No, but no, no, no. <laughs> <You're> like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It is. It is interesting. Every day, you never know if you're gonna, you know, make it. Uh, you make it happen, but I don't even know how. <laughs> but sometimes it's just. You know, and sometimes I just start asking people in the street, just mm -hmm. random people in the street. And sometimes I just get lucky, you know. Oh, yeah, my package got stolen yesterday uh, or whatever I'm talking about. So it is pretty, pretty cool and interesting. And but, oh, my God, sometimes it's 2.30 and I still don't have anything. And I'm like, oh, my God, where am I going to do? And then I do have a story for five. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially yeah. with you having to like, I'm just, I'm imagining the whole process too, with you having to like shoot the video, put the tripod, get get the right angle, get get the video edited, right? Get the video exported, get it sent and get it uploaded. Like, I, I mean, as someone like me who's done a lot of video editing, I know how like time consuming that takes, right? It's almost you you probably have like a really good computer that can process things really quick and you probably edit on the spot too, right? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I I try to edit sitting in my in my desk because uh-huh. sometimes you have to do the whole thing like a part in your car, right? I mean, like all like mm-hmm. <laughs> this, but I try to edit in my in my office. That way, I can edit a package in maybe package we call package a story, right? Oh. Maybe like in 10, 15 minutes, because because I work on it. I know exactly what video I have. I know exactly what interviews I have. I wrote it, so I know exactly what I have. So that helped me a lot. To be honest, if they offer me a cameraman right now, I will probably say no. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I am so well. I've been doing this for about eight years by myself, mm-hmm. right? So I am so used to have control over what the the material that I have, the elements I have for my story. That I think the way I see it, and obviously I will have more time. But the way I see it right now is like it will take me longer to explain what I want than for me to do it. <laughs> so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so but yeah it is it is practice it's practice like everything else right mm. it's, yeah but and because like i said you're always against time so you do have to learn how to work like that in order to to be able to do the, your job basically yeah well, well. No, that's really good too. When I heard that uh, they had done the transition, I was just like, "Oh, more work for the reporter." But it makes sense that like you would spend a lot more time trying to figure out <laughs> what, yeah. what what they shot and getting both of your visions to match with the person that was recording the video. So I'm mm-hmm. glad it worked out that way. Right? It wasn't just yeah. the station being efficient, but it's all it also helps the reporter. To and at the efficient. beginning, it wasn't like that. Eh? At the beginning, it was horrible. At the beginning, oh. I will. Oh my god! It, I will. It was. I, I will cry every day. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I I cannot do this. I cannot do this because I mean, I went to college. I learned how to edit in college in a console. Okay, not on a computer. It was. It was the the big super VHS cassettes. That's oh. how I learned. Right. So then, when I ended up. Transition into an MMJ, it was everything on a computer. So I spent, I think, a full weekend without even sleeping, learning how to do, how to learning Adobe Premiere. Mm-hmm. And after that, it took me a couple of weeks and then it was okay. But at the beginning, oh my God, it was horrible. My video was horrible. The interviews, oh my God, I forgot the. <laughs> The microphone, I will forget to turn on the camera. Oh, oh my God. Now I do everything on my cell phone. Mm -mm. Everything. I don't have a camera anymore. I do everything in my cell phone. I can edit a a full story in my cell phone. So, 
Things well, are moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things have really changed too. Uh, yeah. Do you also do like whenever there's a live thing going on? Is it? It's also via like the cell phone. You yes, connect? we have an app. Oh. We have an app on the cell phone, and we just connect straight to the station. Oh wow! Yeah, that's well. That saves a lot, right? That saves the truck that would have the satellite that you'd have to drive everywhere, right? I'm sure now you just drive your own car and not, yeah, yeah. not that. People walking. <laughs> <laughs> just have a, a charger, right? Or an external charger with you all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, phones have gone a long ways and the best iPhone is better than even like a professional camera, right? And and I don't even have the best iPhone. I have a medium iPhone and still way better than my last camera. So I think they figure it will be cheaper to get us good enough cell phones than new cameras. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And and that's how we have been doing it for a long time. Yeah, ch- cheaper. And it also helps you out with your own reporting news and trying to find that and all that. So it's it's like a multi-usage, right? Whereas the camera, it was just the yeah. camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And also, I think it helps a lot with the people. You don't see the camera in front of you. You are very used to the cell phone. You know how a cell phone works. So if somebody is interviewing with you with a cell phone, it's not as invasive, right, as a camera. Uh-huh. Oh, my <laughs> God, camera. No, it's just a cell phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like taking a selfie, basically. Mm. Just talking. <laughs> now, your car probably has the Telemundo, like, branding and all that, right? So, Or it doesn't have or no, it doesn't. Oh. I think they decided because of security. Mm. Uh, so we don't became targets of, you know, some people. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that's probably yeah. good. Yeah. Well, being a reporter, you either love me or hate me. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah, in my well. life, I have encountered more people that love me than hate me. But, <laughs> few. you know, there's a few that j- they just don't like the, the, the news media, as they call it. <laughs> oh yeah no anyone anyone reporting i'm sure there's people that don't like me and my shows too people who might not agree with things that i say and all that and yeah i think it's anytime you put yourself out there there's always people that might not like things and all that but look, luckily there's more good people thankfully oh, i think yeah. in the world i would say <laughs> oh yeah exactly if i mean if it was more bad people than good people we would not be here anymore yeah, <laughs> and it's overwhel- overwhelmingly better people around there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the good, I want to talk about some of the news pieces that you've done here in the two hundred nine. What are some of the ones that come to mind of like good things of things that like stick in your mind in these fifteen years that you've been here in the valley that you know you you always remember. The, the good uh, of things that people have done or events, festivals? Well, I think uh, during this time of year, there's always a lot of good stories around, a lot of good stories around people doing good, at least for once a year. That's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when people adopt people, when people adopt families, you know, for the holidays, things like that. But I really like some of the festivals that we have around here. We have one in Stockton that it's uh, El Concilio put it together. But I I have been participating with them for a while. Haven't in the past couple of years because of COVID and stuff. They just had it this past weekend. But it's called Navidad en el Valle. And it's pretty nice because there's a lot of local, 
you know, groups of kids dancing and and families and 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 really nice. I really like that how people come together and spend time together. It doesn't matter where you live, who you are. You're just there for the chocolate and pan and and I really like that. I really like that. Also there's a few in Modesto too. There's a a big toy giveaway that the Comerciantes Unidos do every year. It's for Dia de Reyes, which is January 6th. And it's really, really nice to see so many people coming down to, to, to get those toys, but also to bring more toys, to bring stuff for the community. It, it's really, really nice, really nice. And I mean, story-wise, I cannot really think about much about and right in my, on top of my mind. <laughs> but I don't know. I really like when, when, like new museums, like I mentioned before, like the new museum and for for the kids, children's museum and Modesto, that's really cool. I mean, when when I was a little girl, I wanted to have one of those nearby, <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it's just like um, I really like stories like that or like the the rescue for wild animals that we have in Stanislaus County. That is very interesting. I, I got to visit once because they were rescuing some birds, like falcons or something. I don't remember. But it was really interesting, the kind of animals they had over there. And some animals are never going to go back to the wild, but they still take care of them. And, and, and it's so funny because they have like squirrels and things like that, that you're like, really? They rescue a squirrel? <laughs> but... It's a squirrel. It, it's alive. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it's like, like, oh well, yeah. If you if you think about it like that, like, and I'm an animal person, but I'm like like dog person, you know. So uh-huh. I kind of feel like dogs have like a big personalities and everything. But then you go over there and you have like like pigeons and squirrels, and, <laughs> and you're like, really rescue? <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> but really cool, really cool. The, the zoo in Lodi. I'm I'm all about animals and and I think those are the stories I really really enjoy places for for families to go. Mm-hmm. We have so many places for families to go around the region and and I think sometimes we don't really know because we're you know as parents we're always working and stuff like that. But there is a lot a lot of places uh, to go with the kids and and that unfortunately some of these places they don't really get the the recognition and the support and because of that they struggle so that that is kind of heartbreaking but yeah every time you know you get a chance i cannot try to share whatever they're doing or you know share with people hey why don't you go this weekend it's gonna be you know festival likes or something and it's pretty cool yeah yeah that's where you guys come in right to Highlight those places that don't have the budget, maybe to promote themselves a lot. Everyone doesn't yeah. really know too much about them. Yeah. Fortunately, with social media right now, you can do your own PR, right? Mm. You just have to kind of like study a little bit what to do, how to do it. And I mean, your cell phone has a camera. You can, you can improvise, do a couple of live shots and maybe, you know, you never know. You go viral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're in a, in really good times here where you know, anyone could be their own reporter too and, and share what's going on and help you out, be able to get your next news piece too with uh, doing a viral video, 
or just you know, recording right. something and then you know where to go to now to <laughs> i know i know <laughs> Time. Yeah, um, we, we always encourage people to take video and everything as long as it's safe. If it's oh, not yeah. safe, if you're not in a good position, just you know, put your camera away and run the other way <laughs> because oh, that's yeah. what I get paid to do. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, because sometimes people record some things that it's like, I don't know how you were still like there. You should have probably just left a long time ago and not be recording it or. Uh, or not be recording while you're driving. That happens I, a lot. Oh my it's God, like, yes, yes. Don't risk it. <laughs> exactly. Don't risk it. No, and nothing is worth your life. Oh, yeah. Video. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. Definitely. No video at all. <laughs> well, one last thing here before I, I give you the thanks, of course, for being on my podcast for the second time for the second show here. What are some things that you would tell anyone who wants to get into reporting who still sees journalism as something that they want to do, right? As much as, you know, they, they've done cuts and now you have to do a lot more work and maybe people, you know, were thinking of this whole like vision of like, oh, you, you have a cameraman or you have someone else who's there and it's not just you doing all the work, but what, what are some suggestions you have for those people who maybe want to get into the field? Well, first of all, this is like a vocation kind of job, right? This is a service for the community. And I think you have to have that very clear in your mind if you want to do this, right? This is not a glamorous job. and But we need more journalists because we, we are trained to, to talk with people, how to talk with people, how to get to the bottom of things. We have the training to do that and and I think we are the communities are in need of people like me and if you have the idea of becoming a reporter and and not and being in this business is not just being in front of the ca- of the of the camera there's other things that you can do right you can be a producer you can be a photographer you can be assignment desk there's so many other things that you can do in the in the newsroom but if you want to do if you have an idea that you wanted to do this start as soon as you have the idea in your mind start moving right look if there's a newsroom near you if you are in high school if you're already in college try to get involved with the nearest newsroom even if it's radio or a newspaper tv whatever you can think of try to get involved Nothing is going to happen if you go and ask. The worst that could happen is that they open the door for you, right? And as soon as you can get in, get in. Learn how we do this. Learn the fast pace of this job. Learn the rewarding, how rewarding it is for us every day when you see that whatever you did actually helps somebody. Mm-hmm. Because most of the uh, the jobs, the work that we do is because we want to help people. So when you see that, you see how rewarding it is, is when you you will decide if this is what you want to do. Because bef- before that, there's a lot of work to do, right? So as soon as you can, get into a newsroom, right? Start volunteering if they allowed you. It's a little difficult because of liabilities and things like that. But you can be maybe an intern in a newsroom or something and then then when you see how we work 
you will decide, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully you decide to stay because we do need a lot of reporters, not only here, everywhere in the world. Unfortunately, especially in other parts of the world, of the world this is one of the most dangerous careers that we can do. But it's, like I say, it's very rewarding, especially for us local reporters, because we are in contact with our community and we we kind of know what's going on. And because of that, we kind of know what it's needed, especially it's it's information-wide, mm-hmm. right? This is what, what we come in with information that will allow, uh, help you to reach your goal. So, yeah, my advice is as soon as you think you want to do this, start looking for a newsroom and go and talk to somebody over there and go talk to the news director or go talk to the producer. Hey, let me, you know, let me shadow you a couple times. Let me see how is it done. I, I kind of want to go into this and then go to school for it. Because a lot of people think that just having a camera on your phone makes you a reporter, right? Mm. That will make you a photographer, not even that. But well, <laughs> Because we have so many other kind of training, right? We're talking about ethics, what kind of video to take, what what is actually going to be air on TV. Those are little things that we have to take in consideration. It's just not like po- point and shoot, like they say. Hmm. So, so we have to have a lot of basis behind the video that we shoot. And because of that, you do need to some training in school. So I do recommend people to go to journalism school. There's so many programs around here. Where I'm not talking about a four or five year school like I did. I did five years. No, there's like a two year program here and there. Like I think Delta College have something very accommodating. In San Francisco, there's a couple of schools that they have journalism. I think uh, Merced has one too. So, I mean, it is, I think it's a lot of theory that we touch in school but it's it's very needed you, you do need it because mm-hmm. you can tell you know in the field who went to school and who didn't <laughs> so i'm just saying yeah no that's really good yeah i mean it, the school's really important and you definitely learn more than like you said just point and shoot there, there's more yeah. more to what people see it, lo- it looks simple but it's not really simple it takes a lot oh, of yeah. work <laughs> yeah it is it is and, and and there's a lot of decisions that you have to make as a reporter right I mean, if I show you this, what are going to be the consequences of this, right? It, it is just, is it newsworthy? You know, what's going to happen to the person that it's in this video, right? Mm. That's why we cannot just put stuff. So many people just send the thing. Oh, they say he's stealing. Okay, no, I cannot just say that you're stealing. I have to have, you know an official complaint i have to have a the da telling me or the police telling me that you yes you were uh stealing i cannot just say something like that even in if in the video looks like it no i cannot say that and and those are the little things that you learn in school right or through the years but mainly in school so so yeah i encourage everybody that has the the minimum idea of being a journalist, it is very, it's it, it's a very, very nice career. I like it. I've been doing it for 24 years now. I like it. It's very different every day. You never know what you're going to do. Because of that, eh, 
<laughs> you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I just want to stay at home. <laughs> but yeah, if you have an idea, if you think that you want to be a journalist, reach out, reach out to me and I, I will tell you what I know, what I can do to help. Reach out to people around you, other people, newsrooms, and then go from there. Because, I mean, it, the only thing that's going to happen if you start like that is what's happened to me. I started when I was in second year in school, in college. I started going to the newsroom. And on the day of my graduation, I was offered a full-time job as a reporter. So that's what's going to happen, right? I know a couple of people that are like that right now, too. And they're young, so it just, just happened. It doesn't happen 20 years ago like <laughs> me. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> 20 years ago in the 80s. Oh, no, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I encourage everybody, if, if you have an idea, if you if you want to be a journalist, you want to be a reporter, go ahead and ask, ask the questions, ask the people. And then the only the only thing that could happen is that they open the door for you, hopefully. <laughs> So where can people find you if they have any questions or maybe they have a news potential news piece? Uh, I'm all over uh, social media. Find me on Facebook and on Instagram too. Those are the two main ones that I on all the time. It's Alejandra Quesada. I think it's Alejandra Quesada News on Facebook and Alejandra Quesada TV on Instagram. So yeah, I I try to answer almost. Facebook is a little tricky because they have like layers of messages I found, yeah. right? So sometimes they ask me something and I don't see it until like two or three months later. I'm like, oh my God, so sorry. <laughs> but I try, I try to see. I mean, if I cannot help you, I will tell you right there, right? I'm not wasting mm -hmm. your time. So, but probably I will try to tell you where to go if I cannot do anything about it. So yeah, I encourage everybody to send me a, just send me a, a message saying you heard me on the 209 Journey podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give, give her the follow. Yeah, give you the follow. And then also uh, mention mention that too. That would be great. I know. Exactly. <laughs> be great to know all of you. Right now, I just see numbers. I, I know there's people that listen to the show, but I know a few people that do listen. I don't know the other people behind those numbers. So <laughs> that's a great way to help me find out. Exactly. Uh, who, who those listeners are too so that way uh, in the future they might get some special prizes and appreciation for uh listening to the show so uh <laughs> so oh, we'll nice. send her that message already <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> awesome well alejandra it's been really great talking to you again and i'm glad that we're able to get this set up i know it was you know just the last minute invite and i'm glad that you were able to get this recorded so that way we can uh get this posted just a few days before Christmas is when oh, this nice. is going to get posted. So this is like a little pre-Christmas episode, happy holidays kind of thing. So I hope you have a good holiday season here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invite. And same to you and all your audience. Happy holidays and the best for the new year. Once again, thank you to Alejandra for being on the 209 Journey podcast tonight. There's a lot of work that goes into being a reporter, as y'all heard here in the interview, and it, it definitely is a, a rewarding career to be able to report the news and be able to help others just like Alejandra does every time that she does a uh, report there as well. And 
I think it's really admirable that reporters have to do so much work nowadays. Uh, but yeah, you know, they, they get it done and they have deadlines, as y'all heard. And you know what? It's it's amazing how much they, they get done in, in such a small amount of time that they have from figuring out the news to actually having the final news piece to be submitted there before it airs as well. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, I do have a Spanish podcast that I'm going to be starting next year. And like I said, I already have a Spanish interview recorded with Alejandra, where she goes more into detail on her career, not just in the 209, but just in general, when she spent time in Mexico and Pennsylvania and San Diego. So we talk more about that as well. So that will be posted sometime in February, because I'm actually probably going to do a monthly schedule for that podcast. But just to give you all a little more information on what that podcast is going to be about. So it's going to basically be on the American dream. And I'm going to be highlighting stories again in Spanish with people who have made their journey here to this country and the things that they are doing now as well. So recounting also their time in their native country and all that. So I'm really excited to be able to share that with everyone. It's been something that I've been working on for quite some time now. Uh, I hadn't actually shared anything since I was I was trying to actually get some more interviews recorded, but I am actually going to be doing a monthly schedule to uh, help with that because I only have two episodes recorded. So I'll actually be sharing here on the 209 Journeys uh, socials once I have more social media pages created for that podcast. And and definitely once the podcast is available on the different applications that y'all uh, listen to this podcast on. So if you would like to listen to it, you can also listen to that as well. Thank you so much for listening to all the episodes that I posted. I really appreciate each and every one of you for taking that time out of your day to listen to the episodes, to follow the podcast on social media. I know the Instagram page continues to grow. I keep getting likes on posts, follows, comments. All that greatly helps me out so much. And you help actually allow more people to find out about the show through doing those things. So again, greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much for all your support. And I am going to be posting more episodes on a weekly schedule right now. And I hope to continue to maintain it that way. I know I have a episode scheduled to be recorded uh, here as of this day of recording. So there will be an episode for the following week. And I'm actually working on another episode for the first week of the year, which I hope to be able to accomplish. If not, then you might see me not post an episode for the first week of the year. But uh, again, I'm working on making that not be a thing. <laughs> so we can continue on with the weekly schedule here. And especially since I'm trying to time episode 50 for a certain week. And so if I continue on with my schedule, I should be able to get that episode actually posted on the week that I'm thinking of here. So again, more details to follow on <laughs> what that episode 50 will be like. This is episode one currently, so I'm almost there. But in a few more episodes, maybe when I get to episode 45, I'll have a little bit more information on that episode so y'all know who will be interviewed in that episode well i hope everyone has a good day or night whenever you might be listening to this and you'll hear me next week here on the 209 journey podcast 